G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Connecting faith to life. Vision. Coming up today on The Story. And when he found out, he said, all right, so you can either accept Jesus or you can live with me and be married and stay in this house and have the children. Choose one. And I said, well, if you accept Christ, you, I and the children, we become citizens of heaven and we will have the peace and all our sins forgiven. And he said, no, I don't accept that. I'll give you one week to decide. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, today we have part two of Abita Peltola's intriguing story. As we heard last time, she was born in India and raised in a strict Muslim family. She eventually moved to Fiji to marry a man who was picked out by her sister. Her life took an unexpected twist one day when her sister told her that she had put her faith in Jesus Christ. How was Abita going to respond? Would she use this information against her sister so that she would finally become her parents' favourite? Or would she find out more about Jesus and why he had had such a profound impact on her sister's life? Abita Peltola shares more of her story with Eric Scadabo. And when she challenged me, are your prayers being answered? I thought for a while and I said, no, because I didn't have a job and I mm. didn't know how to relate, you know, and have a good relationship with my husband. And there were things we needed. And uh, I was worried about my family in India not being able to send the money. But Allah will listen one day, you know, I said to her, because he's a great God and in his time he will answer. And she told me that, do you know what will happen to you if you die today? And I said, no. Not even Muhammad knew what will happen. And so how would I know? It is up to Allah to decide when and what happens to us. He says, no, I know that if I die today, I will go to heaven. And Jesus is waiting for me because there's a mansion prepared for me. I said, how do you know? Where is Jesus now? And she said, he's in my heart. I said, show me. I mean, it's, it's, that's the kind of challenge you will get from non-believers mm. who will say, how do I know that Jesus is in your heart? She says, I love you. When she mentioned that, it moved, something moved in my heart. And I mm -hmm. said, well, I really can't believe this. I have to find out for myself. And I will tell mom and dad that you have become a Christian. That means I would be the better daughter now. Oh, so, so you could get he, one up on her. Yes, yes. Because you see, that's the faith we grew up in. Yeah, and now yeah. we cannot betray our parents and our faith that we grew up. Uh, it's in the blood. It's in our veins. So she had done, yeah, kind of the unpardonable sin, so to speak. And now you could get to be the number one daughter. Yes, unpardonable. That is, yeah. But by the time I walked back home, uh, it, uh, her house was on a hill and I was walking back I could hear the name Jesus and I turned around and I didn't see anyone so I reached home and I said no I have to find out for myself um, whether what my sister is saying is true so I put a mat down 
Uh, it is called Janamaz, and I covered myself up as the Muslims do. And I started praying. I said, I'm going to ask one last time. And I said to Allah, you are the true and living God. I know that since I was seven, I have fasted and prayed and know. And I know that all non-Muslims are not saved. So can you please reveal yourself to me? Because 20 years is a long time to pray to a God. I have not heard from him, not seen anything, uh, never had any visions or dreams or don't even feel that my prayers are going up. It's like the prayers go up, hit the ceiling and come mm. down. I don't know if you're here. So can you just speak to me? Otherwise, I will give up on you. It's been a long time I have waited. And I waited. It was one minute, two minutes, three minutes. Nothing happened. So I took my veil off and I threw it. I picked up my mat and I threw it. I said, you are a God who doesn't hear, who cannot see, who doesn't know what's in my heart, have never answered my prayer. That's it. From today, I'm not going to pray to you anymore. And that's it. The decision was made. Then I looked to, you know, Jesus and I'm saying, Jesus, I know you're alive. If you're here in this room, it was four o'clock in the afternoon, 27th of October, 1982. I could not forget that day. I said, I want to see you. And I folded my arms. The moment I did that, there was a bright light in the room. All the hay <laughs> stood. I had goosebumps. Hmm. And two hands touched my shoulder. And I could see the same picture of Jesus that I had in India. Um, blue eyes, blonde hair. It was a Catholic one. And in front of my eyes. So I rubbed my eyes and I checked. He was there. That picture was right in front of me. And two arms touched my shoulder and said, My child, I'm here and I'm alive. What else do you want? And I pointed my hand towards him and said, thank you, that's enough. I give my life to you today. So that was my experience at that time and tears running down my eyes to know that there is a God and Jesus is real and he does care and he does know our hearts and he has been waiting for us to talk to him. And I just felt like, you know, the book um, John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress, a mm -hmm. big burden that I was carrying, a heavy burden on my back just fell off mm -hmm. and I cried. I started tears running down and I was so joyful. There was a mixed feeling. I was so joyful at the same time that I ran to my sisters, left my two children sleeping bare feet up the hill and there she was waiting because she was praying and there were other nearly 20 families in Wakatane, New Zealand praying for a sister of Sally. Oh, wow. uh, who would be to be saved. I mean, that's how powerful it was that when Christians pray, I didn't realize that Christians actually pray and it's powerful when we pray. Mm. So that was my day that I knew that Jesus is real and he mm. loves me and I accepted him. Wow. Yeah. Let's find out how your life changed after you accepted Jesus as your savior and also what happened when you told your husband that yes. you had become a Christian. That was very important to me that uh, my husband would also accept me and the children. Mm. And so when he saw me reading the Bible, he said, don't tell me you've become a Christian. And I said, uh, yes, I have. The Holy Spirit kept prompting me to speak the truth, be bold and say the truth. And I did. And when he found out, he said, um, 
Alright, so you can either accept Jesus or you can live with me and be married and stay in this house and have the children. Choose one. And I said, well, if you accept Christ, you, I and the children, we become citizens of heaven and we will have the peace and all our sins forgiven. And he said, no, I don't accept that. I give you one week to decide. And I went in my room and started crying. Now, I talk to Jesus like I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. So I said to Jesus, I said, Jesus, now what? If he doesn't accept Christ, and what do I do now? And I started crying. And then I could see this uh, verse on the wall, which was painted white. And it came up, and I could read it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So I asked him, what do you mean? all these things. What if my husband leaves me? What if he takes away the children? What if I'm kicked out of the house? And he says, I am the one who has given you everything you have. So I will be the one to provide everything that you need. I knew that time. I felt the peace of God in my heart. And I wiped my tears and I said, okay, Jesus, whatever I have decided to follow you. And then when my husband came back and asked me, have you decided that you're going to live with me. And I said, no, I have decided to follow Jesus. Now, at that time, I was concerned about my children. But he said, and I said, what about the kids? And he said, you are a good mother. Because he couldn't change their nappies or, you know, look after them at that time. And it was tough. He used to ask me to sleep in a, a second room because he didn't want to be disturbed. So I would take the kids and move, you know, to the other mm-hmm. room. So he said, you're a good mother, you can have them. So I just thank God. And there was a time that came that before it could get very physical and abusive again, I left with the two children. So no house, no job, no money, uh, no food, no clothes, no car. You basically had nothing but nothing. the promise from yes, God that if you it. seek him first, he'll give you what you need. Yes, and I stood outside. So uh, I just looked up again once more and asked Jesus, here I am with two children, two bags. <laughs> now what? <laughs> and he says, you have taken a stand for me and now you see what I'm going to do for you. And I stand on the promise of God until today in Philippians 4.19 when he said, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in heaven. And I could say until today he has been faithful and he's never let me down. And uh, a guy came with a truck and he he was a Hindu guy and he saw me standing there and he said, Sister, I have a house for you to stay for three months. Come on. And my daughter asked, Mom, did Jesus send him? I said, yes, Jesus has sent them. So this is how my children's faith grew by, Mm. you know, trusting that Jesus is the provider and he will provide all our needs. You're listening to the story. Today, Eric Scadabo is chatting with Abida Peltola, who was originally from India and was raised in a strict Muslim family. At this point in the story, she's become a Christian and has just been kicked out of her home by her husband, along with their children. We'll find out what happens next in her life and how the Lord abundantly provided for her when we return. The story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. 
or text 0401 132 Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're continuing with Eric Scadabo chatting with Abida Peltola, who was originally from India and was raised in a strict Muslim family. At this point in her life, she's become a Christian and has been kicked out of her home by her husband along with her children. Now, let's hear the rest of Abida's amazing story. How do you eventually come to Australia? Well, uh, I moved from Fiji. I got a job straight away, a teaching job. And that's how I could see the faithfulness of God. The prayers started getting answered. And God was in my life. I had the peace. And whatever I would talk to him about, he would make a way and send people to answer and provide my needs. I started teaching and I had the money to provide for myself and the two children. And in next four years, my brother-in-law and my sister moved to Vanuatu. So in Vanuatu, um, he spoke to the minister at education and there was a job opening and I came to teach in Vanuatu for four years and shared the gospel from one island to the other island and went out and yes, did that and with the students and became the coordinator, ISCF, it's Interschool Christian Fellowship, it used to be now it's chaplaincy. So I did that in Fiji. I did that in Vanuatu, took devotions, spoke at assemblies, went out. Wow, you and that boldness, fire. yeah, the boldness came. And I went house to house, <laughs> you know, the street evangelism mm-hmm. to Hindu and Muslim families uh, started accepting the Lord. And I was unstoppable. I had that zeal, that passion to share because I wanted everyone to know the truth that Jesus is the one who can set them free. And then my sister had moved to Australia. So in, um, 1990, uh, she sponsored me and I was 35 and on credit points, I qualified, I came and God provided two schools, Sunnybank State High School and McGregor and I chose Sunnybank as God said and stated for 10 years, taught and shared the gospel and I did that and then went to Hong Kong and went to the prisons there in Hong Kong and shared the gospel and 13 ladies accepted the Lord. So, oh, wow. Yeah, and then I came back in Woodridge and uh, was the head of department there for seven years and shared the gospel with the Afghani students and my students whenever it was all voluntary uh, meetings wow. that we used to have. So this is how God has led me to country and to nations and has provided the needs and that boldness that he gives. When I speak, I just have that compassion that God has poured, just love for people and mm-hmm. especially the Muslims because uh, there's so much negative propaganda against, you know, and I said, God says, just love them. Mm-hmm. Just They all need love as much as any Australian. They also, all the people from different cultures and different backgrounds need to hear and love that Jesus is the one who died for them, and God loves them. That's what I'm doing right now. And briefly, what are you doing today, ministry-wise? Uh, ministry-wise, uh, in the last four years, as I have been remarried, my husband is from Finland, uh, God spoke to us both, and he showed us Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon you, and I want you to share the good news with the poor and heal the brokenhearted and set the captives free. And I said, God, how? He says, I will give you the keys. So when we got married in uh, 2015, that's when he started speaking to us and I started journaling since then. And now we are doing inner healing and deliverance ministry, which we had not done. I used to go and evangelize and preach and share my testimony, but now it's to the outcast, to the people who have been rejected in the churches and are looking for hope 
we just go and we just share and invite them to come and we are helping the people whoever can come and has needs to come and be set free from all kinds of bondages addictions and uh, hurt and pain and trauma uh, in their lives that they have been through so that's what we're doing right now and abida what happened to your first husband Okay my first husband thought that uh, you know because there's no respect for people in our cultural background a divorced woman with two children he thought that life would be tough and I will come back so I was living in uh, Fiji at a Bible college um uh, it was a Baptist Bible college and uh, my husband traveled and walked and came and asked me if I would want to come back so within the next 3 months i was actually desperately praying for him to be saved but um i found out 3 months later he got remarried and that broke my heart and i cried because a divorce hurts it's painful and for me uh, as my dad had spoken that you get married once mm. so i had hoped that he would come back and he would accept christ but it didn't happen the way i i mean a lot of things didn't happen the way i dreamed so he got remarried and we that's it there was no hope left and then i moved on in my life and trusted god as to be the father of my children and that's when i came to australia and i met uh, my second husband who was from south africa and then he raised for 21 years we were together and he suffered from cancer and he passed away in 2012 so we had uh, by then i had three children one f- from the youngest one david from my second husband and after he passed away in 2015 god you know amazingly brought this person in my life he's from finland lassi paltola and so we married and we started this ministry on inner healing and deliverance and you know somebody who we had on the program recently joel twita yes and his wife Yes, Piriyama. And she came to live with you for yes. a while? Yes, Piriyama. You ministered to her? Yes, yes. Um, uh, she was uh, going through a difficult time and uh, brokenhearted and uh, needed, um, you know, someone to mentor her and teach her. And she's very open to uh, learning about God and growing in the Lord. And she even had a prophecy over her that she would marry someone with a father's heart. Now not everybody has a father's heart and Joel actually is the person who did love her accept her and had a father's heart so she came and lived with me with her terrific ministry she has on art and music singing and God has really gifted her with that and so she I was able to nurture her and um, you know help her in her spiritual walk as well and so you really have a heart for kind of the outcasts of society so to speak you yes. i mean you even have them come live in your house or you did yes. back when yes. you were single yes and another a couple who had split up um the husband who had been involved with drugs and had a court case and now that family is reunited after the deliverance and healing ministry and they are happy together with their oh, four children fantastic. so it's a real good testimony for these two people who lived with me wow the lord is really using you and especially everything that you've gone through it's really impacted your heart and has given you a heart for others who have suffered like you have yes especially with the women because i have been through physical abuse mm-hmm. i've yep. been molested in my life so i could identify with those women who 
have gone through those experiences mm-hmm. and say there is hope for them and Jesus loves and so that they can be set free from that bondage of guilt, shame and condemnation. So God is using me in that area with the women as well. And you are helping them get to know their Heavenly Father and be set free as well. Yes, so they can connect to the Father and have that relationship with their Father God, Daddy God. Amen. And finally, tell us about what do your parents think about all this, this change in your life and in your sister's life? Well, when my mom found out that I had accepted Christ, she was very disappointed, very sad, and she felt that I had left the religion of her forefathers. And so she had cut me off completely. Mm. But uh, because of love that God had poured in my heart, I continued to love her. And eventually, uh, she not only accepted me, she came and lived in my house with me where I had prayer meetings. And it's amazing, yes. And she was very tolerant. And that love, that's why I believe that love is the key to win Mm -hmm. even the hardest heart. And my dad, who was, um, you know, going to the mosque and very much devoted to Allah, asked us one day, uh, why the two daughters have become Christians. And when we shared with dad, I said, dad, would I ever lie to you? And he said, no, my daughter, no. I said, can I tell you the truth? And he said, yes. I said, Jesus is the one who died for us. And he's the one who will give us life and forgives all our sins. And we will be in heaven with him. And he says, how did you know that? And when I shared with him, he said, can you send me some material? for me to read, to understand what you're saying. So we contacted South Africa, Jesus to Muslims. Um, it's an organization, ordered 66 books, send a parcel to dad. And two weeks later, he accepted the Lord. Oh, wow. <laughs> so this is a miracle where the scripture in Acts 16.31, you and your household will be saved. And God has been faithful. And my dad has been saved. And he, Two weeks later, he had a heart attack and he passed away. Oh, but my God goodness. Said, but God said, you will see him. So that means I left in 1978. 86, my dad passed away and I did not see him after that. But God said, I will meet him in heaven. So that's oh, wow. an encouragement to all those people who have their family members who are not saved, that God knows and he's hearing our prayers. And as you mentioned earlier, seeds were planted in the life of your mother. Yes, and she, uh, I believe the when we prayed for her, I believe she's in heaven. Oh, fantastic. Wow. And you mentioned earlier that it, sometimes it's hard to share the love of Jesus with Muslims. What advice would you give listeners? Yes, um, it's best never to get into um, doctrines and um, arguments of any debates on Islam rather than just win them, just love them. Mm-hmm. and meet their needs. And that's a friendship evangelism that I really recommend to yep. people because get to know them and their hearts and just be Jesus to them without even mentioning anything, you know, about the Bible or when they're not ready. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit will lead, but just love them just as who they are. And God will open their hearts and give you an opportunity to share the gospel. Wow, that's fantastic. Abida Peltola, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. God bless you and God bless everyone who's listening. Love you. That was former Muslim Abida Peltola from Brisbane sharing her story with Eric Scadabo. And as we heard, she's really on fire for the Lord. She has an infectious enthusiasm and a boldness to share the good news of Jesus Christ wherever and whenever she can. 
It was also encouraging to hear how once the seed of faith in Jesus was planted in her sister's heart, it continued to grow and spread to other members of her family. As the Bible says, one man plants the seed, another man waters it. But God makes it grow. So we all have our roles to play in sharing the gospel, but we can be most effective as a team with God as our leader. Well, thanks for joining us for part two of Abita's Amazing Life Journey. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. And from the kibbutz where I grew up in, by the way, there's about 700 people in that kibbutz. None of them, none of my family or friends, is a believer in Messiah. God needed to take me from Israel, once again, literally, to the end of the earth. Because in Israel, I could never see God. Because I was blinded by the things that I've been taught. Omri is a Jewish believer in Jesus Christ, otherwise known as a Messianic Jew. He's come up with a fascinating idea for how to be a blessing to Israeli travellers. It's called HIT, H-I-T. And it stands for Hosting Israeli Travellers. He'll explain how it all works and share his story next time. The story. story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.